It's always an inside job. In this installment of The Grind to Find, first-time author and CEO Billy F. Rowe Jr. of First Row joins me to discuss his journey, new book, and much, much more. So get yourself ready because this grind becomes official right now. Greetings, family. Greetings, and welcome to The Grind to Find. Tarol and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achievers find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being while bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our creator. This show today is all about the inside job, and the inside job meaning some of that internal work, and who better to have this conversation with then the new author of a wonderful book, a great read that I know that you all are going to love entitled Fire Your Job, Hire Your Passion, then Billy F. Rowe Jr. of First Row. I was so excited to finally get the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation about Billy and what's to come with what's going on with the First Row and in the First Row universe. So Get yourself ready because this conversation is going to be one I know that you are sure to enjoy. But before we get into that, here's a little bit about Billy Rowe. Billy F. Rowe Jr.'s passion for inspiration runs deep. For the past decade, he has been a thought leader in the space of encouraging everyday people to think more intentionally about the quality of their lives. His upcoming book, Fire Your Job, Hire Your Passion expands upon that gift while approaching further transformation from a perspective of compassion, forgiveness, and confidence. As a father, Billy believes that our mental and emotional disciplines are at the forefront of both our triumphs and challenges. It was his personal struggle with emotional intelligence during his adolescence that drove him to seek to develop better tools for his clients as an empowerment coach. When I first learned of Billy's new book, I was curious, and once I got the pleasure of reading the manuscript, I was excited. Rarely have I seen such an openness and vulnerability from the male perspective about things that are not gender-specific, but a part of the human condition and therefore a heart condition. So, I wanted to learn more about Billy's mindset while writing this book and get an idea of his vision and how that will be shaped in response to the impact of this important work. It is blazing hot in the studio today. And um, the reason why is because I happen to be here with Billy F. Rowe Jr. Now I just call him Billy Rowe, but we, we're gonna keep it uh, straight specific because Billy just dropped some fire on the universe in the form of a new book. And we're gonna get all into that. But Billy Rowe, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule because it's been hectic since you dropped word of this book. How you been? I've been wonderful. And yes, it has been hectic, to say the least. <laughs> oh, yeah, but that that that's a good thing. It's, it's all good thing. And you know what? Listen, I, I want to go ahead and say this at the top of this show. I think that I'm going to be the first person who's going to claim this, but you're huge on manifesting. We both are. And so I want to go ahead and congratulate you in advance for making national bestseller for your first, very first book out the gate. Now, as I said, people, 
this hasn't happened yet, but I, I don't know. I just had a feeling <laughs> before we even got to this point that it was going to be, so I'm going to claim it. And for you, those of you out there listening, when it happens, you'll know because TGD Studios is going to blow up. <laughs> hey, and I will receive that, uh, that claiming right now. <laughs> always, always. So, you know, I, I wanted to, to start this by, um, I love how you describe the play on your name with your company, First Row. Tell people what First Row is all about. In in short, First Row is all about stories. Um, That's what the First Row kind of originated for from me, is I know that I have a story that, from my experiences, that I could share with people that would probably help them in their journey, but I also know that people have stories that they can share uh, that would help me. And so the play of that play of first row is about being on the first row of that story and gleaning all the information and all the experience, really all the richness of that story without any interruption or distraction or obstacle between you and that information. I love that. I remember the first time I heard you describe the first row and I was like, yeah, that's like where I want to be. <laughs> Why would you not want to be there? But here's the thing. Billy and I go, go way back. It's been about uh, 10 years now, yeah. I believe, that we've been connected and we've been just growing and we have a lot going on individually. We always have together. But I think that this is a, a really important time in your journey because you're an analyst professionally. And I want to know... How much of the mindset with being an analyst, having a bunch of little pieces and taking and putting those pieces together to make a lovely big picture that makes sense. How much of that factored into you getting to this space where you said, you know what, I'm going to pull the plug on things that are happening and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a book. How much of that mindset played into that? I would say a lot of it. Um, As an analyst, your role is to take a massive amount of data which is which is all which are all these little small pieces and paste them together in order to articulate a story um, and so storytelling as an analyst is something that I basically do every single day so when I decided to sit down and write a book a lot of that natural analytical ability kind of came up on organ came up when it came to organizing the information um, so I would have a concept and it was like, okay, this is a a pebble or a seed that I'm going to plant on this concept. And then the analytical mind took over and started saying, here's how we're going to establish the roots to that content. Um, And as those roots grew deeper and deeper, all of a sudden that seed begins to to, uh, germinate and then it releases the actual plant. And you start seeing what all these additional concepts that are being added to this one little seed produce and that's how I really approached each and every chapter um, of the book was using my analytical mind for organization um, but then using my creative mind in order to really expand upon what I had organized I love it we are a part of the germination uh, oh, that's, that's, that's a horrible joke <laughs> Being a comedian is not my strong suit, but you know what? You're talking about germinating, and I'm thinking that's right because this this brother has been germinating throughout the years for sure, for sure. But no, really, I mean, uh, so so the book, the book is fire your job, hire your passion. Now, just the title, 
you, you're like stuck. You're like, wait a minute. Because who in the world doesn't, unless their job is their passion? I don't know very many people where that's the situation. How many people are like, yes, that's exactly what I would like to do. So tell me, why fire your job, hire your passion? When you decided to write a book, how did you know that this was it? This was the direction that you wanted to go in? Um, the, re- the way the book resonated with me, the way the title resonated with me. Um, I have tons of book ideas, probably like eight that are sitting on deck <laughs> that I just have. I have su- summaries for and all these different things. But when it came to like fire your job and hire your passion, it really was about the journey that I over the probably like the last six to seven years have been going through is really trying to find how to establish my feet and be grounded in, in my identity in who I am um, in what I love and in what I want to do. Not what I have to do, but what I want to do. And so um, being in an environment uh, previously when this concept of this book came up, being in an environment where a lot of the things that I was passionate about were not nurtured um, and were not um, encouraged or supported, I had to make the decision that, you know, it's time to go and and making a, a pretty big leap from making decent income to saying, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and go to zero and find something else that not necessarily because I was doing analytics before, but not something that's not analytics because I do enjoy analytics, but doing something in an environment that fosters and supports my passion. That's where that that title came in for me. And and though it says fire your job, a lot of people come like, oh, yeah, how do I get rid of my job and then start making money with my passion? That's not necessarily the path for everyone. Um, it's a path that I took for me as far as, hey, I walked away and went to zero. But it's a path that I was comfortable taking. And I, and I would, would never want to steer people to take that path if that's not something that they're comfortable with. Because you can you can hire your passion and still work a nine to five. It's just a matter of what your concept is of how you're going to engage with your job and how you're going to engage with your passion. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, one of the things that uh, I think makes me so excited and very proud of what you put into this work is the fact that with the title, you would be, um, well, I would be if I hadn't had the opportunity, the pleasure of, of reading this book as you were writing it, your scope will be very narrow. You would think that it's exactly what it sounds like, but I want to get into it because in this book, you lay out for people when you made that decision to go from a decent salary to zero, then you were making the decision in that moment to start to build things within yourself to be able to position yourself in the world, but also draw to you to manifest the life that you wanted. So it wasn't just like you left one thing and went to something else and then it was just about doing the work at the job it was doing the work within the man so so let's let's talk about that let's talk about that space and place where you started to realize that hey some of the things that I want I'm not in a position just yet to be able to align myself as a man with making those things happen what was it like going back through that space and putting together that process in a book to be able to share with other people. What do you have to go through to actually make that happen? 
um, feel like you have to go through gravity because there's a lot of gravity around that situation. Um, there's and and by gravity I mean there's a lot of pressure as you as you're going through that reflective moment. Um, but you also have to go through that moment with that pressure, with a spirit or a concept of forgiveness and grace. Um, because when, especially when writing this book, there were a lot of areas in my life that I had to revisit where I had made poor decisions. Um, but it wasn't about beating up myself or beating myself up about those poor decisions. It was about, well, what did I learn from that? And, or what can I learn from that even in this moment? And so there's times where I would be reading the book and, and going back to editing and all these different things. And I, I'd look at it and be like, man, sometimes I'm like, you're stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, were, you were doing some stupid things back then. I know people probably don't use the word stupid that much, but I was doing some things that were, were very immature. And it wasn't because of my lack of understanding. It was because of my um, willingness to be ignorant. Um, and so going through that journey and going through that process really reopens in, 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 in a good way, reopens a lot of those uh, previous traumas and allows you to really get in there and to begin to clear them out. I think sometimes what happens is we allow our traumas to kind of scar and scar over, but the trauma is still underneath. And so when we experience these experiences in our life, where we come across adversity, when we hit challenges, when we hit these difficult spaces, um, that scab is only a thin layer. And as soon as it's open, all the trauma comes flooding out. So to be able to open those areas intentionally um, in a semi-controlled environment, <laughs> um, to be able to open those intentionally and really do the the labor that was necessary to clean it out and get it to a healthy space so that it could properly heal so that these uh, situations that I had experienced could properly heal were that was a, a really refreshing moment and I am even today I can feel the level of mental clarity that I'm at is even different in a year because of going through that process Oh yeah, and you know what I, I love? You said the the willingness mm. to be ignorant. <laughs> the willingness to be ignorant. And let me tell you, that's so important because um I think at at some level we all make that choice. I know for me, when I made it, it was a straight up defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. It was uh one of those spaces that I created that um became comfortable. But it was the kind of comfort that you hate. You stay in it because you know it. Right. And it's safe because you know what to expect. But by the same token, you cannot stand it. So I'm curious, what was something during the this this process? Now, you, you left where you were. You, you came because this is when you came to Utah, right? Correct. When you were starting all over. Okay. So you, you, you left where you were in Cali. You come to Utah. And now this whole process of the remaking of you from the inside out and I'm not saying it just began there but for this particular stage uh, to where you ended up now um, what was something that you can recall that you willingly probably fought to get rid of that you were holding on to because I, I and the reason why I'm asking that is because I feel like um, 
just from being your friend during this time, there were so many different levels of awakening with you that were just happening. You know, so I'm wondering, was it something within that realm that proved to be a challenge for you that was a hurdle that you've overcome to get you to the space of actually putting this important work out there and having this conversation today? Um, I think the, the biggest thing was letting go of familiarity. Um, moving out of your state that you've been in for over three decades um, to a new state that you never had any uh, inkling of a thought that you were going to move to. <laughs> um, you, you lose a lot of familiarity, but I feel like in losing that familiarity, I lost a lot of comfort. And by losing that comfort, it, it almost um, acted as the catalyst for me to start doing inward reflections. Because when you're in isolation and you're still kind of finding your bearings, all you know is what you have within you and what you bring with you. Um, and so that really for me was what um, I feel like was the, the hardest challenge to like begin to unravel. But it, I can tell you as soon as I began to unravel it, that's why it feels like a lot of my growth went from one level and it started to just take off to different levels is because once I began to unravel the, I'm going to even insert another word here, the insecurity that comes with an unfamiliar surroundings. Um, once I began to unravel that, it was like, oh, this is who I am. This is what I brought with me to this foreign place. Um, and that allowed me to just start taking off. And so I... I feel like I took off through a couple of levels that I didn't even know I was taking off through because I was doing this unraveling and peeling back some layers of maybe some toughness. Oh, I'm Billy Rowe. I can do anything. I can get through this, whatever. I'll make it happen. All these things. I was peeling back some of those layers and really getting to a vulnerable space of who Billy Rowe truly is. Um, and so I think that was really difficult to do. But I can also say I can now, in hindsight, look back at that process and say, man, by doing that, that just was like changing from supreme fuel to rocket fuel for the growth that I needed in order to accomplish this book. Absolutely. What's something that uh, throughout the course of that, that you learned to be true about yourself that you didn't know before? I, I, I know I will say I knew a lot about myself. I think what really became real to me was the ability that I have to create, um, whether that be content, relationships, uh, professional advancement, the ability that I have to create, I don't feel like it's unique, but I feel like it is a, a profound ability that I have. I feel like other people have the same profound ability, um, but they are they may struggle with how to tap into it, but I really found out how to tap into that. Um, especially I would say over the past three years, it's just like having, you know, the first row on YouTube and doing the Wednesday word to doing intersections, to doing intersection panels, to being on other people's shows, to writing this book, like the ability to tap into that and all the while still be a productive member of my team at work and to still be a productive father and to still like have all these other attributes that are going on. Um, that's just a profound ability and I learned to embrace it. And that is the 
one thing before I would always try to discount it. Oh no, you know, it's okay. Or no, I don't need to do that. Or, you know, why do the extra? And it really, once I said, well, why don't I just embrace it? Boom. Now let's write a book. And okay, now we're moving through the book process. And it's like, even at the end of that process, feeling like, all right, I got the the manuscript done, but I don't think I'm going to publish this. To still have that insecurity that still wants to try to come to the surface and still have to say, no, you've done all this. Go ahead and manifest. Why, why do all the work to not manifest? I love the fact that you have these conversations with yourself and you know better than to say something like that to me. I wish you would have been like, well, you know, I'm done and I don't think I'm going to listen. No. Oh, wow. That's, you know what? That's, that's cool. It's cool for you to share that because I never even knew that that was a thought. Yes. Never knew that that was a thought. Wow. Well, here we go. (laughs) Now you, (laughs) okay, let me take some notes. I've got to a whole lot you holding out. Okay, you know, you mentioned a little bit back, you talked about those inward reflections. And that got me thinking about the inward reflections that you made and the connection that those could have to emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I, I was going through a department store one day, we was on the phone talking about emotional intelligence. You were still working on the book at the time. (laughs) You're still working on your manuscript. (laughs) And we were trying to decide, uh, you were trying to decide how much of that you wanted to talk about and, and um i don't know what made that come to mind for me but during those spaces of addressing those inward reflections that you would have did you notice any spaces where your emotional intelligence was being tested because a lot of the times we're so secure in what we think we know until it's tested right uh, no, there was. Here's the thing that I learned about writing a book last year: life doesn't stop. Um, no, like nobody comes and clears the way for you to make sure that there's no emotional disturbances in your life while you're working on a project of like this magnitude. For me, this is a big this is a big project for me. So I say I use the word magnitude. Um, but I, I feel like there were a lot of tests that were put in place during this process, but it felt almost as if those tests were intentional to help with the content of the book. And not that I got every test. I didn't pass every test. I'm not here. I'm not going to lie to nobody. (laughs) Um, Not that I passed every single test, but the clarity on understanding why I was being tested and how that test was going to help me in not only content creation, but beyond the book. Like at the end of the day, I'm still a human. I still have my own path that I'm traveling on. Those tests were also designed to help me to continue to travel through that path. Um, And so there was a lot of maturing that took place emotionally. Um, But I mean, I still have my days where I still don't get it right. And I don't, but, but one of the things that the emotional intelligence, the increase of emotional intelligence has provided is a um, ability to understand that it's okay that there's days that I, that I don't get it right because I don't expect a, a level of perfection. I just expect to be, if I'm going to be guiding somebody, my anticipation is that I may be ahead of them, but I'm not ahead of everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think too that um, there's there are levels to this 
you know, whatever tests you may not have passed or maybe some things you noticed and didn't even address. Sometimes just along the journey, I've noticed that uh, it's God's plan to make us aware of some things. A lot of things do come back around in divine timing, but clearly you did what you needed to do that was relevant for that space at that point in time to be able to to get to uh, what you've gotten to now. Because yeah, I know you, there were a lot of things going on, but um, I agree with you in that not just in terms of content for the book and content on uh, the YouTube channel for first row of any of that. I think that more so those experiences and the um, way in which it grew and transformed you. I mean, you are the content. This experience is the content. You know, that part yeah, is what really was. was I, 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 that's the only thing is I would. I agree that I am a part of the content. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that I'm the content. I just believe that I'm a part of the content. Even like today, reading uh, the book and looking for errors and things like that. I, I'm delighted that there's other people's stories in this book. And it's like to just read. And so it's like, it's not just a book about Billy. Uh, it's a right. book about people. And Billy happens to be one of the people. Um, so for me, it's it's... I'm maybe right now the conduit in which the, the conduit in which the content is flowing through, um, but I am not the conduit and the content solely by myself. No, and I, I love that because just when you said that, I was about to make that clarification. I didn't mean it as though you being all of the story or all, and not just in this story. If folks haven't had the opportunity to, we'll, we'll get to that. The specifics about. Um, how to check out first row on YouTube and all of those things. But if they, uh, if you, when you guys have the opportunity to go and check out his work, it's so not about him, <laughs> not at all. But yes, that's exactly what, what I was saying or what I meant to say. The way I meant to word it was that you are just the conduit from which the content comes, but it starts with you and your experiences. And you have a really tremendous ability to be able to articulate situations in such a way it's it's broad enough to be inclusive to many different uh, thought processes, yet narrow enough for you to be able to talk about whatever subject matter you're choosing at that time within a defined scope, if that makes any sense. It, the, the way you do that, some people, um, when they're describing something or talking about something, there's so much of them in it that it's very narrow. And then the conversation can go off topic from what they were talking about to a person defending their position or feeling as though they have to explain their personal experience. But you are very gifted in being able to present content in such a way where that doesn't happen. Clearly, a great deal of the work here has been an inside job. We're going to take a brief pause right here. But coming up next, Billy's going to share with us how Fire Your Job, Hire Your Passion supports readers from entry level all the way up to corporate CEOs. You don't want to miss this. Keep it locked. My God, my God. There were times when I wanted to give up on you Believed you were there, but I couldn't feel you Then you stepped in, you came to see me through You never left me Even though I made my share of mistakes I never paid the price that I should have paid 
you never left me, nor did you forsake me. Lord, you never gave up on me. When I avoided your plan and I gave up and ran, you kept me. When I was sick in my quicksand, Lord, you threw out your hand, you kept me. When I trusted in man, didn't give you a chance, you kept me. Said I've been in church all of my life I didn't learn your word but how to disguise I try to look good in other people's eyes But you still kept me Because of your love I'm running back to you Because of your grace I wanna say thank you Lord you're so faithful and I'm so grateful That you never gave up on me Trying to envision the goal I've been keeping the pace Look in my face You can see I'm my soul I've been staying the course Racing with fours Keeping my eyes on the road Nailed my foot to the gas You know what I want What's that? I want the tempo Beginning, reading, teaching We follow them scriptures Do you feel us? And it's nothing Why you ducking and dodging them scriptures? He be with us and we love it Keep the faith cause I love him a lot Hope my favor be double like lots Hope I ride till I conquer the top Said you seen y'all, then you seen my pops Used to wanna do everything my way Because my way was the right way Then I put away things that were childish Now it's Yahweh or the highway Now I'm walking in light with no blips Standing out like a lunar eclipse 
Grab his hand and I tighten my grip Walking in faith, let's sure I don't slip Make sure I don't slip by peeping the signs The day of the Lord is a deep in the night Hand on my sword cause the kingdom is nigh The crown is my goal and it keeps me alive Can't ever let it out my sight I protected to the death every ounce of fight Demons pushing and pushing with all their might But I got in Yah's armor like a knight I've been keeping the faith, winning the race, trying to envision the goal. I've been keeping the pace, look in my face, you can see y'all my soul. I've been staying the course, racing with force, keeping my eyes on the road. Nailed my foot to the gas, you know what I want. What's that? I want it to fold. Man, I love when the spirit be working, cause it shows me when they lurking. Now I step on the neck of the serpent, just to show him I can hurt him. And I'm keeping that boot on his neck. Keeping faith and actions in check I study, I walk, and I rep Walking with Yah, he guide my steps And I'm running with Yahweh, been Yahweh So I wave like Chow Bay Pull up in the Father's driveway Then I wave like Howdy I travel the road, I'm here My sweat, my blood, my tears They vanished, they all disappeared I conquered them all, I conquered my fears I'm grinding, I'm grinding for tenfold Keep his word in your faith, it's simple Did it day, it's a battle, difficult Yeah, Yahweh was never sinful Every day I'm just trying to do right I ain't one that the world's gonna like A lot's gonna say, oh, he's boring Smart price for a wonderful life I've been keeping the faith, winning the race, trying to envision the goal. I've been keeping the pace, look in my face, you can see y'all my soul. I've been staying the course, racing with force, keeping my eyes on the Nail my foot to the gas, you know what I want. What's that? I want to fold. But that which you already have, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end. Will I give power over the nations? And he shall rule them with the rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall I be broken to shivers. Even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Tenfold, all praise, all praise, Yahweh, Yahweh, Tenfold, Tenfold. I want to shift gears just a little bit because we, we talked a little bit about you. I want to get into the way you laid this book out and as the author, what you see the experience being for someone who were to decide, if they were to decide to go ahead and pick up, fire your job, hire your passion, what's the experience going to be like? What what can the readers expect as they're going through this work? I, I would say the experience I would, I would, the analogy I would use for the experience would probably be that of the caterpillar transitioning to the butterfly. Um, because the, the caterpillar comes in as the caterpillar. We are going to come into this book with whatever we have experienced up into the point that we opened the first turn to the first page. So once we get into the book, 
we start realizing that we need to start building up a cocoon to shed some things and to transform some things in our life. And that's really what the first chapters, the first four chapters of the book are about, are really building up that cocoon um, so that we can then go into the cocoon. And and when we're in the the cocoon, that's when we are actually beginning to establish foundational um, paradigms that later will be used when we emerge from the cocoon to help us with the concept of I no longer crawl, I fly because I'm a butterfly. And so that's the way I would I would look at this book is that it's a transformative journey um, in which it does not matter what state you arrive to the transformation party. Um, you will definitely leave the party changed. I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, I was reading the dog but listen people if you guys could have saw me with this dog on manuscript this book I'm running across some of everywhere because around the time you were writing it um that was when people were still well people are back traveling a little bit more but I was some of everywhere and I found myself just enthralled just immersed in this book and um the transformational part is so true because I love how throughout the course of the 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 book you're very intentional and deliberate about using some of the most amazing stories and examples to make people aware of things that I think the majority of us are not aware of at a conscious level. So much we, we kind of know subconsciously, but if there's not a specific something that happens that plugs us into specific truths, we don't see them. I mean, there are so many different things that are going on, but throughout the course of this book, the way that it's written, that's the point to wake up things in you that you probably hadn't thought about and do it in such a way where it's going to stick with you because now you have a way to relate them. Was that intentional or did that just filter into the book because that was your own personal process? No, it was very intentional. Um, because again, going back to when you, when you're writing a book that has to do with some parts of your own history, um, what that does is it allows you to slow down that experience. Whereas when you're going through life, you don't have the ability to moderate the, the pace in which it's flowing. But when you're reflecting on life, you can slow down and zoom into details and that that experience that I was able to have in writing the book, I wanted to bring that experience into for the reader to experience. And so what I, what I, what I, what I found was is that in order to do that, the stories that I would share about myself or about others would be stories that were so, um, connective for people to connect to that, they would have almost no choice but to begin to start thinking about their story and the experiences that they had that were similar. And then that would cause them to slow down their experiences and to be able to zoom in and find their solutions. This book is not, in in my opinion, this book is not about telling people who they need to be, how they need to be. This book is about guiding and helping people discover the solutions that work for their life. I think it felt to me like it was so much about the why. 
the why you should mm-hmm. be. Because I mean, I think that within uh, society, just the way things are structured, we are um, indoctrinated into a certain way of being. And that being all begins with uh, a bunch of focus on who. And so a, a lot of people, you can put a stamp on who. You can get a degree and that's then you're who. You can make a certain right. amount of money and then you're who. Uh, you can have a certain kind of associations or affiliations and then you're who. If you're looking for who first, I think that, and because that to me feels like an external way of being the who, because you can put a stamp on it, then that's why people get to be lost and they'll get to be 30, 40 years old and they're like, what the freaking heck am I doing? What have I been doing my whole entire life? I got all of this stuff and success the way people told me I should have it. And I still don't know who I am and I'm still not happy. But this book, because of the way that it's written, it's very much about the why. And mm-hmm. that's an internal process as opposed to the who, which is an external process. And so when you're having this this content that you can experience and it's connecting you to the why, then the who kind of comes naturally and it's authentic. It's not something yeah. that comes from from someplace else. And I think that's one of the things that I love about this, this book. Many things I love about it, but that was one of the things that really um, stuck out to me. So if... Someone's out there listening and they're saying, all of this sounds really, really great, but um, I don't know. How would I know that this particular book is for me? How would you answer that? Well, I would say go to www.firstrow.com. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and uh, subscribe to the page. And actually, it would give you the opportunity to read the first chapter of the book. And for the people who have taken that time to read the first chapter of the book, the feedback has been um, overwhelming and overwhelmingly loving. Um, And these are not the people who are just the, oh, you're doing great even though it sucks. These are the people who are like, oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't know that. I wanted to think about these things. I knew they were there. I didn't know I wanted to think about them. So I'm a firm believer that if you read chapter one of this book and it doesn't resonate with you, then the rest of the book will not resonate with you. If you read chapter one of this book and the book resonates with you, the entire book will resonate with you. Um, Because the manner in which I wrote chapter one is the way I wrote the other 12 chapters of the book. Absolutely. And I I have to mention, y'all, there's a journal. The, oh, that's true. Okay, it's <laughs> there is a journal, people. Yes, there is at that part because you you introduce these things within the book and you unravel these things. And well, I won't say unravel. You present them in such a way because, as you mentioned before, every individual's journey is going to be different. You're just presenting these things and a mindset, a way to view these things. But then the journal is the business. That's where it gets down to the nitty gritty ladies with the long nails. You probably have to break them off and get them out the way because you're going to be writing all in there and all of that. It's yeah, it's, it's going to be so cool. So cool. So talking about that aspect of it, um, community is already happening when it comes to mm-hmm. this because you have folks who have gotten that first chapter some people like me cheat cheat I already read the whole book I, I can't wait for I've already ordered the book with my journal I cannot wait I got my little erasable pen and everything I'm ready 
Um, <laughs> but community is already starting and you're still in pre-sale. What can folks expect that pick up this work? Because even though they have the journal, even though they have the book, even though there are folks who are gathering around you, what can they expect to be able to do this work and get access to you and and community to move forward? What what's up? What, what's on the what's on the pipeline? Well, there's there's always, and there will, I believe there will always will be uh, on YouTube first row um, for people to connect because that is a community. I'm there every Wednesday just with the Wednesday word alone. Um, but I am also looking at ways to include the book in that community, um, whether that's um, private um, private video lives that I do with people who are reading the book. Um, I do want to do some deep dives on, I haven't decided if I want to do deep dives on the sections or the chapters, but probably the chapters, because there's so much more beyond each chapter than what I could encompass in a single book. Because literally, in my opinion, each chapter could be a book to itself. I agree. Um, and so there will be some deep dives that I will schedule. Um, and I, you know, I guess I'll announce it, uh, now since I'm on the grind to find, um, I actually, for the people who have purchased the book via pre-sale, I will actually reach back out to them probably about 15 days after the book has released and they should have an opportunity to begin reading it. And I'll actually do an author um, Q&A for uh, that particular group of people. And that'll be a private session on YouTube as well. Oh, come through, Ro. Come through. Oh, you yeah. know I'm in the building. You know that. So <laughs> that that's gonna be fun. I didn't wanna I didn't want to include that and I don't know why, but I didn't want to include that in um, the pre sell announcement uh-huh. because I, I'm all about organic and authentic. Yeah. And so I just wanted people I want people to want this journey. Not because there's a Cracker Jacks box prize in the box. Like I don't eat Cracker Jacks because they're nasty to me. It's, it's and there's there's no lick and stick tattoo that's gonna change that perspective for, for me. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't I don't want people to come for the gimmick. I want people to come for the substance, and that's. Uh, but that is one of the for for me. It's that's really having access to an author and being able to to really do a deep dive on what their thoughts were. All of a sudden, you move from a space of oh, I think this is what he means to like oh shoot, this is what he meant when he wrote this. And now, on an, in addition to what I've already applied to my life and, and my journey, I can now apply additional substance to that. So that will be uh, probably about fifteen days after the book is released, as I'll do the first of three because I want to do one for each section in that. Absolutely. Now we've been talking a lot about the community, which uh, of course your community is hugely diverse, whole lots of different professions, walks of life, some of everything, but you, you can't miss how glaringly obvious it is that this book is a perfect fit for the corporate world. And we're talking, um, upper level all the way up to upper level management and then just down to the regular entry level folks who would be in any space any place it's it's everything every level and in between this book is for so for some folks out there listening who are like hey you know this this sounds like a great thing for me but also too for teams 
what can you say about this work in relation to uh, the workplace and how it would fit into structurally some things that people are doing with their teams and, and different levels of the workplace? Yeah, I, I, I believe that it's 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 always been difficult to explain to somebody the corporate view of a book that says fire your job is the first three words. <laughs> um, however, w- when I go to explain why it's important to have this type of content in your workplace, it really comes to about you want the type of people who are working for you that are passionate about their lives. Mm-hmm. Because if they're passionate about their lives, there's no way they can't bring that passion into the workplace. And so when you're looking at a team, whether you're a leader, whether you're, you know, like you said, that entry level person, it's about having this content available to your organization. So that way that the people in your organization create a reputation of the type of people that work for that organization. And that to me is what is the best marketing, especially in the competitive workspace we're in now, to acquire talent, not to to uh, get a job. It's not that competitive, really, to get a job, but to get talent to come to your organization. They want to know what's in it for them outside of a check, because at this point, we're finding that money is not solving a lot of the problems that we're facing in our day to day lives. And so when I look at a book like Fire Your Job, Hire Your Passion, why I would want my leader to read that. I think about the job that I left had I had a leader who had maybe read something like this. How how differently my experience could have been there. And whether I leave or not, that that's irrelevant. But how different my experience could have been there. And looking at how that experience inspired this book, how much more could I have poured into this book? Not having to draw you know, the juice from the negative, but being able to draw the juice from the positive. Like I would have been able to put tons of more content into this book had that have been my experience. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, and so when I look at leaders who should be reading this book, if you are leading a company, you should be reading this book, but you shouldn't be reading this book alone. You should be reading this book and the people who report to you should be reading this book because what that'll do is it'll create conversation and that conversation will create the innovations that all these companies are seeking. Absolutely. And then, you know, I think that um, people think about the prospect of an employee leaving as something bad, but any leader who's worth their salt is preparing the people that they're leading to be able to climb on up the ladder, eventually take their spot because we should all be looking to do the next thing. Right. And so that's why I like the idea of what you're saying with this, because for far too long within society, we've just been butts in seats. Some of us at least, and just going through the motions just to try to pay our bills and every day in the car to work saying, I hate my life. I hate my life and I'm really starting to hate my wife because she know that I hate my life and she think it's because of her and, and him and you. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So to have something that is encouraging the individual as well as teams to be able to look within themselves a whole lot more deeply than what we tend to. And I have to say, in the type of introspection that um, the climate that you create for it. I love the fact that it's not heavy. 
No. It's not heavy. No. It's not draining. It's not like, whoo, child, I need to sit this down and take a week. Right. <laughs> right. Let me go and get some kind of alcohol to dull some of this. No, it's it's definitely not heavy. It's a it's a very light and easy read. Um, that also tickles some of the insecurities within me. Like, oh, did I make that too easy? But honestly, growth, I think sometimes we think growth has to be this super difficult journey that it just does not have to be. And so I'm all for the light and easy on this one. Exactly. And, you know, we we make mountains out of molehills. I think it's just the fear of stepping outside of our comfort zone that makes us create this climate within our mind that says, oh, no, flee, run, don't do that, because that's going to be too much. When honestly, the way a lot of uh, us are living, a lot of people are living with just tolerating things that they don't like or positions that they don't like a standard in their life that they don't like because they're anticipating that doing something different is going to be so much harder than living miserable every day this book is like a way out of that it, it really is it's it's nothing is is a magic wand it's going to require the reader to show up and to want to invest intentionally invest that time in themselves but because you've created community Uh, because you have the journal, because you have these open conversations, it's one of those types of things that from chapter one and everybody go to firstrope.com and get that first chapter from chapter one. You already have a space and place created for you to be able to take that journey and it doesn't have to be alone. So yeah, this is, this is good stuff. Um, Another question that I have for you. So at this point, I think uh, completing the book and with everything going amazingly well, the national bestseller that you are going to get. So we'll be back to talk about that when you do. (laughs) I'm claiming it. I'm claiming it. With all of this that has happened, I'm um, wondering if at this point, the picture that you have for Billy Rowe, and what's to come with this machine that you just started? How much has that changed? What is, Mr. Analyst, the bigger picture that you have for where you want to go with this and uh, how you plan to serve moving forward? So first, let me say I got to be careful with this because <laughs> the last time I told you what I want to do, uh, <laughs> I accidentally messed around and started doing it and did it. You hear me? So, you hear me? <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, but, but I, I, in all honesty, I, I feel like I am, I'm on par for what I told you I wanted to do three years ago. Three years ago, I said, I'd like to see, um, first row to begin to really influence people from the YouTube perspective. Um, I would like to see workshops and collectives and, um, group trainings, I would love to see those things. And then the last thing I said is I would love to see a book come out of the first row brand. Um, and here we are. So I, I assume I must be working backwards. So the next thing will be um, workshops and collectives is what I would love to see coming out. Um, not just workshops in regards to the book, but I definitely have some great workshop concepts. Um, well, not even concepts. I've actually started developing some workshops um, in regards to the book content um, and uh, some other workshops and things that I feel like would have been super helpful earlier in my journey before I ran into some roadblocks that I mismanaged. 
Um, so some other workshops that deal with those things. Um, and then as, as, as always, I would, I would love when I say, you know, the collectives, I would love to have events that people travel to. And to me, that's a twofold, um, experience going places that you are unfamiliar with. That's where a lot of this journey really began to take off for me as being in the unfamiliar. So going to a place that is unfamiliar, that is different, that is outside of your, your comfort zone, not in the sense of you're in a dangerous place, but outside of your comfort zone and what you're familiar with. Like I can go out of my house right now. I know where my car is parked at. I know where the trash can's at. I know outside if I go outside my front door. Now, if I step outside of my room in Michigan, a place that I've never been before, now it's a whole new world that I'm in. And there's so many opportunities to explore and find out things about yourself um, without having the distractions of what your day-to-day life typically brings being in your comfort zone. So that's what's what's next is workshops and uh, collectives. Absolutely. I think that there's something extremely therapeutic about having to pick up from where you are and go to someplace else. Um, The atmosphere that's already created for what it is that you want to do and and you want to accomplish and being outside of that comfort zone and unplugged from things that would be a natural distraction because they're familiar. So yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I love the sound of that. Um, I want to know what is um, something that you want to see a, a space of growth within yourself that you're working on. Maybe you're decent at it, but something where you like, you know what? I want to get better at this. I really want to rock this out because I feel like even though where I am is all right, I know I could do much better. What's what's something like that that you're working on? Um, there's always there's always something that I'm working on. Um, As I know, I <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, some of it is uh, throttling. So throttling being like having that desire and that drive to move at a good clip or a good pace but throttling something so that I'm not on the brink of exhaustion and so being I guess really being more intentional about rest and I I gotta I gotta say I I was doing good for like the past four weeks on this and then now that we're like in the last little scoop of getting the book out um, there's just things that I have to deal with but one of the things that I am working on is dealing with things and prioritizing things in a manner in which I don't have to do everything that I know I need to get done today. It's like, hey, today I'm dedicated to the book. And if I have additional time, then I have additional time to either rest or knock something else out a little bit early. But I don't have to get everything done today. So I think that would be the biggest thing for me that I need to continue to work on is tapering off, um, tapering off uh, the the behaviors that would cause me to become overwhelmed and and burn out a little faster than even necessary. I love that. Everybody, Billy F. Rowe Jr., (laughs) the author of Fire Your Job, Hire Your Passion. Billy, you have to let everybody know all of the wonderful places that they can find you and uh, everybody listening. um, I'm going to make sure that they are all down below this show. So you'll be able to link with them, but Billy, let them know how they can get in touch with you. Oh, um, you can find me on anything pretty much that says one S T W R O E. That's first row. It's all one word. 
Um, you can find me on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, a little bit on Twitter, not so much, but I, I do still post content there on Twitter. Um, and then as always, you can find me on my website, uh, www.firstrow.com. Um, I'm all about connectivity, so do not hesitate to reach out to me. Do not hesitate to connect on Instagram and Facebook. You'll find my uh, daily thoughts of the day. If there's not thoughts of the day content there, then there's some clip from a Wednesday word that I've done or something. You will always find inspirational content there. And then you can find me every Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube at First Row. Make sure you guys go to YouTube, click that notification bell, something that I have to do because, well, you're already, you're in my calendar, so I don't forget about it (laughs) all the time, but you have to do that. Thank you so much for stopping by. And you know, I I have to ask, you think I can have you back again? Of course you could have me. You can have me pretty much anytime I'm available. You you are in a uh, very special circle and a caliber of friendships that I hold dear and true. So anytime. I appreciate that. You know, one of the things I love most about this platform is having the opportunity to sit down with different people who have done their own work and have come up with a different mindset for the way in which they navigate some of their challenges, even though we have what we need within us to get to the next phase of where we want to be in our life. It's always helpful to have just another tool within our tool chest to use. And I'm uh, so thankful again to Billy Rowan First Row for coming by and sharing another piece of something that uh, any of you out there listening can add to your tool chest. So that is it for content today. If you haven't already, you know what to do. Log on to thegrinddefined.com and click on feed. So then that way you can follow me, but you can follow me on any major platform there is. Just make sure you click that notification bell so you're updated when I upload. As always, I hope you have a phenomenal weekend that you and your family are blessed. And no matter what, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Until next time, Terrell and Michelle here. Peace and abundant blessings.